Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We've got a uh, a massively busy uh, week of earnings here. We've got the Magnificent Seven uh, going ahead and uh, reporting this week. So we're ultimately going to see what they have to say. And uh, I think that's going to lead to a little bit of a, of an unknown here, right? We've got uh, a lot of people taking some profits on the fact that, uh, you know, Earnings might not be as good as we think it is. You know, we've definitely run up a lot this year on uh, Nvidia, on uh, Microsoft, on Google, on uh, on Amazon to some extent. So we're definitely uh, seeing some sell side pressure. People trying to capitalize on a lot of those profits that have already been cooked into this year. So we're we're definitely uh, optimistically waiting. Uh, to see what's going to happen here going forward. Uh, so th- this one is getting out a little bit later than I in- had intended. Uh, it's been a pretty hectic uh, week, weekend for me. Uh, you know, a lot of different things going on. So I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit about what I have going on. I might be able to help you. Uh, I'm going to uh, kind of lend into some uh, some different things that I'm doing personally to uh, diversify a little bit and uh, hopefully... Uh, broaden my my investing knowledge here. So hopefully that helps you in some way or another. So uh, I've been looking to buy an investment property, or we've been looking to buy an investment property for a while. Uh, we've you know kind of weigh different options. Do we want to do a short term rental, kind of that Airbnb style? Do we want to have something that we can use at the beach? Uh, do we want to do something closer to home that's going to be a long term rental, easier for us to manage? less turnover, less with cleaners, you know, possibly a little bit less on the income side, but, uh, you know, have someone in there managing, you know, kind of living there long term rather than us having to, you know, manage or pay a management company, which is, is still an option in the future. But uh, right now we we found, uh, or my in-laws uh, actually had uh, a neighbor that was looking to move out. Um you know, looking to buy this property off market. So before it hit the MLS, uh, we looked at her property and we looked at her aunt's property. Uh, now the the property, uh, the first one was a, a very nice, well kept, uh, updated, you know, ready to go turnkey property. That uh, uh, you know, long story short, was we really couldn't add any value to it. It was kind of too well kept, and uh, it wouldn't have really made uh, too much sense for me to buy it. Uh, it would have been more the top end of the range uh, for uh, what we could do with it. So we opted really to to make an offer on it a little bit lower than probably what it was worth, but that was what it was worth to us based on what the uh, the payments were going to be with interest right now, and then what we could rent it out for. Now, if we really wanted to have both of them, uh, it would have potentially worked. But uh, it would have been a case where we would really be needing to refinance at lower rates when those come down. You know, p- potentially next year at some point they might start coming back down. Uh, so that one we we decided to not go with. We decided to go with her aunt's house that uh, was uh, a little bit more outdated, still very well kept. Uh, you know, 
overall the the utilities and, and the bones of the house are very good uh you know some some older cosmetic stuff that we need to address but uh that is uh certainly something that is uh going to be a, a project for me to take on so um the way that we're going to be doing this right um well they are looking like i said to have an off market uh so no agents we're going to go right to the title company um now that means they are looking to uh close as soon as possible so how do we go ahead and raise that capital? Uh, well, we are fortunate enough to have a, a good amount of equity built up into our home. So I decided, uh, we decided that uh, a home equity line of credit was going to be the best way for us to unlock some of our, our house's uh, equity that we have built in and uh, take that cash, go ahead and buy this house off market, uh, cash, uh, cash offer, and uh, be able to purchase it that way. Now, so I'm going through the process this morning of actually going ahead and applying for uh, a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. And uh, you know, looking at that, there's a couple different things that I saw there that might be beneficial to you. If you do have some uh, some debt that you want to pay off, you could do a cash out refi uh, to to go ahead get that cash out, pay down all your high interest debt, and then owe a little bit more on your. Uh, your line of credit or your against your house. And uh, that would be at a lower interest rate if it's uh, against credit card debt, you know, credit cards being 18 to 25%, whatever they are. And, uh, you know, now a, a home equity line of credit, the way that I was able to get a rate right now is at about 7.25%. It's variable. But uh, I do think that these rates, uh, you know, like we like we know from the Fed, they might trend up a little bit here the next couple meetings. But uh, hopefully then they start coming back down, uh, you know, beginning of the year. So that is my, uh, my plan here with this. And then hopefully we can, uh, you know, transition, refinance this into a, a longer term mortgage of, uh, of, of nature to where we're going to be paying on this, or hopefully our tenant will be paying on this for the next, uh, you know, 20, 30 years, and then we can pay this uh, property off. So uh, a lot of different things that I saw there that might be of a, a benefit to you if you're looking to unlock some of that uh, power of your equity that you've paid into your house or the appreciation of the house while still keeping that uh, that low interest rate. If you refinance within the past couple of years with late uh, rates being down in the 2-3% range, that's what we did. We were down at a 2.5%. A so we still keep that rate, but the line of credit is then based at a, uh, a higher variable interest rate that uh, will hopefully come down in uh, in short term. So uh, we opted for a interest only, meaning that uh, we will only pay the interest uh, against what we borrow. And uh, you could do a principal and interest. You had the option uh, on the way that I applied to do either or. And uh, for us, uh, and the way that we're going to be doing this, and then hopefully getting into uh, a case where we can put the, the property into uh, a mortgage, uh, it really made sense to keep these payments as low as possible uh, for us until we get a renter in there. We can have uh, you know buy the house and then do uh, the uh, upgrades that we were looking to do with the the line of credit. And then once we get a, a tenant in there and rates come down, refi and uh, get into a more traditional uh, product. So then we can uh, actually keep this line of credit open, right? That is uh, something that. Uh, is definitely beneficial if we want to do this again and say we do want to buy a, uh, a beach home or something like that. We have this uh, this line of credit open to be able to do that as well and uh, potentially buy another property and uh, 
you know, have that line of credit available. Now that to keep it open is uh, is fifty dollars a year. So just to not have to reapply, it, it is a uh, a small payment, which is next to nothing, and uh, we have instant access to capital. So we don't have to go through this application process again, taking you know a few weeks to a month in order to get this money ready to go uh, to be enabled to to purchase uh, another property with the cash that we have from our equity in our home. So. Uh, kind of long-winded there. That is uh, what I am facing right now. Uh, you know, some other stuff. It was just a busy weekend. Uh, I decided to get out there for a mountain bike ride, and that took uh, a good amount of my Sunday morning. I uh, went swimming, and then I uh, had a, a coach's meeting for travel soccer. So, man, I'm just uh, pulled in every direction at uh, at this point this summer. But that is okay. Uh, so, yeah, we are looking at the market, right? We are back to stocks. And uh, where are we going, right? We've got, uh, like I said, these uh, these big seven uh, companies really uh, looking to announce earnings this week. So I am definitely optimistic about what they're going to say, right? I still think that we're going to have some upside. But uh, with that being said, I did do some different strategies here in order to uh, really not lose out because I do want to sell a little bit of this stock to be able to put uh, 20% down when we do refi. So I'm trying to take advantage of some of these higher prices. And uh, should they run up, I want to be able to take advantage of that as well. So uh, on NVIDIA, right? I I've talked about this one quite a bit. I, I did a different strategy here this time. I uh, I did a, a limit order on the top side and a stop loss on the bottom side. So if Nvidia got above 495, I have it triggered to sell some of my shares. And if it drops down below 445, it was going to sell some of my shares. So that kind of protects me on both sides, right? If uh, we have this massive run up and I think it is uh, un unjust, uh, I went ahead and, and set that limit at the top end to go ahead and trim, right? But uh, what actually ended up happening is it hit that bottom stop before so it went ahead and sold a few shares around 445 on Friday. And uh, this kind of prevents me from having any major losses. If this one comes out, um, the, the next earnings date for NVIDIA is August 23rd. So this might be a little ahead of its time here. But uh, we do have Microsoft. We do have Google. We have a lot of those big names actually reporting. So if they say, hey, you know, we've got all the chips we need. Uh, Tesla said, hey, NVIDIA is make." We'll, we'll take all the chips that you've, you've got. They're all of them that you can produce. We'll take them. Uh, you know, ultimately, Tesla's going to be making their own. So we've got uh, that kind of competition coming out as well. Uh, but uh, if Microsoft comes out and says, hey, we don't need them, we're going to be doing another, going another route, uh, NVIDIA could tank, right? So I wanted to protect that, that uh, investment and ultimately... Uh, you know, ended up trimming around that 445 number, which is still higher than the the number I had set a month ago, which was about 435 or 431. I forget the exact number, but that way I don't have this massive sell-off. Uh, Nvidia drops to 350 uh, or, or whatever that number might be, and uh, then I lose out on that uh, those gains that I already have. Right. So if you've got something that you feel is a uh, a solid gain, uh, a definite winner, and uh, you need the cash. Uh, well, one, you could just do a stop loss. And then if it gets down below that threshold, say, you you know, I'm up 100% at this point, I don't want to lose that. So you can set that stop loss. Uh, I did a limit stop to where it triggered um, at 448, I, I think it was, and then it would not sell below 445. 
Uh, so that way, if you wake up in the morning and, hey, it's already at uh, 430, uh, you can relook at it and see what's going on and make a call from there, uh, which if you just did a, a stop and uh, it triggered automatically, you could have already been at 375 and then your shares are gone and you got no recourse. So definitely look at your different options on your sell side orders, understand what they mean and uh, try to capitalize on the gains that you have. That's uh, that's my two cents there. But uh, we're, we're definitely watching these other ones, right? We've got uh, Microsoft is coming out on the 25th. That is tomorrow. We've got uh, Google. When are they coming out? I believe they report is tomorrow as well. Yep, tomorrow. Uh, man, I still like Google. PE26. Uh, I still look at some of these consumer staple brands, you know, Pepsi. Uh, they're trading at, uh, what is the PE on Pepsi right now? I believe it's a good bit higher, 33. I would much rather, uh, you know, take some of those, that growth in Google, uh, you know, Pepsi, we still got a solid dividend, 2.6% on Pepsi, but I do believe that PE is a little bit high. And, uh, I will say that, uh, we had five stocks from the investing challenge for week 30 and, uh, let me get back over there to the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. Get over there. Get your votes in. Uh, we are going to be looking at some new uh, stocks for week 31. But for week 30, we were looking at uh, five different names. Citigroup, Taiwan Semi, CrowdStrike, Gilead Sciences, and Starbucks. Um, your votes are in. We, uh, we are going to be buying Starbucks today. I'll probably buy that uh, pretty much when we finish up this episode. I will be buying Starbucks. So I do like that pick. Uh, again, that uh, that PE is a little bit stretched, but I, I like the fact that uh, China business is coming back online. We've got uh, you know more people really getting back out there, doing the traveling, and, and going to back to work uh, a lot more than what we were seeing. So I do think that Starbucks is going to have some revitalized uh, business. We're going to have more people out, uh, and you know, office you know runs for coffee. I, I think that is certainly going to help Starbucks. So. Uh, thank you guys for voting. That one is definitely going to be uh, an, a nice add here to the investing challenge portfolio. If you are new here, uh, every week we do a poll on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. I take $200 of my own money and I invest one of the five stocks that uh, you guys vote on. So uh, I come up with the names. I try to explain why I think they might be a buy this week. And um, we go ahead from there and vote on them. And then I go ahead and invest. So Starbucks right now, uh, trying to pull this up. We've got uh, currently sitting at uh, 102.62. I'm trying to see what the upside is on Starbucks right now. I believe it was fairly decent, but uh, this is not really loading too well for me. So uh, let me go back to snapshot here. We'll see. I believe the PE is sitting right around 33. We've got a 2% quarterly dividend. And uh, Trefis is saying about 103.36 on uh price estimate, which is only about half a percent higher from here. And uh, let me try this analyst research again to get more of an average of uh, what everyone seems to think out there. And I am failing to get this one to load for me. But uh, I do believe it was around that 10% number uh, for upside on Starbucks. And um, definitely one that I think is going to do a little bit better as we get into the fall into some of the colder months. Uh, I do think that you know we're going to see more uh, demand for Starbucks pick back up. So uh, I do like that name. I uh, thank you guys for voting. And uh, yeah, I know I, yesterday as I was sitting on this meeting, 
I was thinking, what names can we go ahead and buy from here? Oh, I, di- I did want real quick. I did want to cover something. Taiwan Semi came out last week, and there was there's a bit of a reason here for this one to trade down. Uh, they were saying that the mobile chipsets that uh, business was still slow. The laptop business was still slow. AI was booming, and they were saying that it was a great growth driver for them, but it only made up about 6% of the chips that they produce. So uh, I still think that uh, there is a lot of growth and uh, upside in that AI. We, we certainly see that. But uh, the amount of memory chips that are already out there for cell phones, for laptops, and just for storage is definitely an inventory glut right now. So once some of that gets cleared back out, uh, I do believe that Taiwan Semi is still going to roll higher. Um, the, the PE is around 16 right now, which I definitely like. Uh, the analyst research, I think there's about 26% of upside on Taiwan Semi, uh, 28% of upside from five different analysts here. So I still really like this business. I do believe that the the semiconductor business is in a bit of a lull. Uh, so we are going to trend a little bit lower, but uh, I think that could be a good time for us to go ahead and pick up something that uh, people aren't really looking at. So uh, Taiwan Semi, uh, I do like that business. Uh, I do like the semiconductors. I'm still bullish on those. Uh, you know, so definitely, I, I think that we can certainly pick and choose what names we want to be in. Uh, Nvidia, AMD, I still think they are very expensive. Not to say that they're not going to have the growth. Not to say that uh, you know businesses aren't going to buy every chip that they are able to produce. But uh, I also think there's going to be some more competition coming online. That's what uh, even what Tesla was saying making their own chips for AI and autonomous, things like that. So uh, I, I really think you have to pick and choose in this market. I don't know that any one ETF for semis is going to be a just a massive gainer from here. Uh, I think it's going to be good growth, but uh, I think we really want to pick and choose which names we're getting into. That, that might not be what you want to hear. Uh, I know some people want to go ahead and buy the SMH, which is the, uh, the Vanek uh, Semiconductor ETF which is going to give you more names simply having one ETF. So that is a, a way to buy into this uh, this whole uh, industry, but it might be a little bit too consolidated in a couple of those top names. So when I am looking at the SMH, uh, I will take a look here. We've got about three quarters of a percent of uh, dividend, about 0.35% of expenses on that as well. So it is a little bit more expensive than buying a VOO or some of the uh, the total uh, stock market ETF. So understand what you're buying before you get in there. Uh, when I am looking at the SMH, yeah, the, the top name, NVIDIA, 18.6%. So almost uh, you know a fifth of what you are buying when you put in $100, uh, $18.64 goes right into NVIDIA. PE sitting at 230. Number two would be Taiwan Semi at 11.4%. Uh, Broadcom, 5%. ASML, uh, 5.18. Texas Instruments, 4.9. You know, Texas Instruments probably doesn't get enough love. Uh, uh, 4.95% of assets in there is for uh, TXN, which is Texas Instruments. Uh, The dividend yield on uh, Texas Instruments, 2.7. And the PE sitting about 20.7. So that one's definitely cheaper. I do like that name. Uh, They do make a lot more in the uh, storage chips. Uh, so that business is going to be more of a commodity trading lower than some of these AI type chips. So understand again, what you're buying before you get in there. Analog devices. We were talking about that one as well. 
uh, with the NASDAQ rebalance. That one is going to get bumped up in weight. Uh, that one makes up about 4.5% of the SMH, a dividend yield of about 1.8 and a PE of around 27. So I do think that that one could have a catalyst uh, from this fact that more people are going to be buying it when they buy uh, the NASDAQ index or the QQQ. So you get a little bit of a bump from that uh, rebalance and waiting on uh, analog devices. AMD is going to be sitting at a PE of a 460. I don't really care for that name right here. I like the business, but uh, I don't know that this is where I want to get into it. Lamb Research, uh, I actually went ahead and trimmed some of this. Now, I still like this company, right? This is a great company. Um, the PE is sitting at 17.4. I still like this business, right? Now, the, the problem here is I'm trying to buy a house. So I need to trim some of this uh, positions that have really done uh, well for me and bring them back down to size in order to raise some funds in order to buy a property. So I'm not saying to go ahead and sell out of these. Uh, it just fits where I'm trying to go. Uh, so definitely take a look at the names that you really think uh, are going to be a long-term hold, long-term gainers for you and understand why you want to buy them, why you want to enter here and uh, really take all that into consideration before you go ahead and purchase. Um, so yeah, back to uh, investing challenge for week 31. Um, you know, I wrote down a couple different names here and let's uh, let's kind of run through these, right? I, I think that might be the best way to do this. Um, when I was sitting here looking at a, uh, or listening to this coach's meeting, trying to think, what can I buy here? What makes sense? Uh, I, I came up with a couple different things. Well, one, I still really like healthcare. Uh, some of the usual suspects for me are probably made this list. I, I understand that. But uh, up first was going to be ABV, A-B-B-V. And um, this one, I still really like this name. They, they've got a lot of great products. They are a dividend aristocrat. That means they continually up those dividends to pay you more money every year for holding this name. Um, now, they were a spinoff of Abbott Labs back, uh, what is it, five, seven, eight years ago? I, I don't even really remember, to be honest with you. But uh, I've held this one for quite some time. And uh, I will probably continue to hold this one. Um, so when I'm looking at ABV, what are we going to see here? We've got um, PE sitting around 34, uh, dividend yield about 4.1%. So they are going to pay you a good bit more than most. Um, so I, I definitely like that when I'm looking at uh, some names that are going to be in healthcare, going to be uh, dividend aristocrats, right? They're going to pay you more and uh, you're going to get more yield out of these companies. So um, where are we here? If I look at the analyst research on Reuters, uh, currently a buy, we've got 61% gains over the past five years. Uh, we've got, um, uh, average price target of about 14.8% higher from here. That's uh, from 25 different analysts. We've got, uh, earnings dropping. That's probably on some expiring patents over 23 and 24, a uh, dividend growth, 7.5%. Dividend payout is a little bit higher at 85%. But um, yeah, that that uh, is a little unnerving. But uh, I know that they are a uh, a dividend aristocrat. They are known to pay out more to their uh, to their shareholders, and one that uh, I, I feel pretty comfortable in getting into here. They are trading a little bit above their five year averages, but uh, I still like the fact that we can get into a solid healthcare company. Um, I would really prefer for some of these PE values to be a little bit lower, but uh, I think that the fall in 
earnings is going to bring these uh, these PE values out of uh, their typical trading range. Uh, we do have some uh, some drugs in the pipeline that should be working well for them. I uh, believe the Humira patent was probably one of the things that was going to be bringing this one down. Uh, but I do like the name. I do like the dividend. I, I definitely like a, a company that is going to pay you more to hold it. And, um, you know, AbbVie is just a, a strong company that has performed pretty well for me over the past five years or so. Uh, so I, I like it. And uh, I, I kind of I'm shying away from some other tech names right now. So I'm looking into healthcare. I'm looking into some other things to really diversify and get more yield into my account. So 4% yield, uh, pretty strong company. I, I'm pretty comfortable buying this one. I really would like a better valuation on the PE, but uh, I still think that healthcare names are going to do well here. So that is number one. Uh, and I, I am being very upfront that uh, I'm, I'm more thinking, where do I want to put my money? I didn't really dive deep into these companies right now. Uh, but I do think that uh, AbbVie really does make uh, a solid case with the dividend and uh, some of the growth that's out there in the pipeline that they have. So uh, ABBV is going to be stock number one for the week. Um, real quick, I did want to say that I look to... Uh, really pick a stock from this time last year and, and really see if they are worth buying at this time this year. So what were we looking to buy this time last year in week 31? Those names were AutoZone, AZO, Dollar Tree, which we purchased, Dominion, which is a utility, Verizon uh, Communications, and Airbnb. Now, uh, I looked at all of these. Uh, I think the only one that really even remotely caught my eye was going to be AutoZone. Uh, I do like Dominion. I, I like the utility business. I think that is a safer way to get some yield. A uh, little bit of growth here, but uh, the the price uh, earnings, all, all that really didn't look like a screaming buy. So I shied away from that. We actually, let's take a look at AutoZone. Let's see if I should change something up here. Um, when I'm looking at AutoZone, if I look at AZO, uh, I do have a link in the description for E-Trade if you need to do some research and, and go ahead and uh, follow along here. AutoZone, uh, they're sitting at a PE of around 19.4. So I like that. Uh, we've got, um, it is currently rated a buy. Five-year return of 244%. So that's pretty solid. Uh, price of cars is crazy right now. Yes, used car sales are coming down. But I do think a lot more people are going to be repairing the ones that they have. Uh, price target appreciation of around 13% from here. Now, this one is expensive. So this is really a good stock to buy on uh, the other app that I have, uh, Webull. That's where we're doing the investing challenge. So if you need a link, I do have one in the description for Webull. This one is sitting at $2,457. Uh, so it is a very pricey stock per share, but uh, the average price target is about uh, $2,780. So about, uh, like I said, 13% of upside here. Uh, the earnings are looking to move up nicely for 23 and 24. Uh, revenue up 7% for 2023 and 13% for 2024. So nice growth here. And uh, where are we trading uh, against historic value? 7% premium on PE, 4% premium on forward PE. I still think it's probably fairly valued. Uh, the, the numbers look like they're going in the right direction. I think the... Uh, the current climate makes sense for this one. So let's go ahead and add this. 
Um, I, I do have uh, AZO here for week two. And uh, yeah, those are going to be some of the reasons why. I, I still think that people are going to uh, stay in the vehicle that they have a little bit longer. And uh, that makes sense here. The, the earnings are looking like they're trending the right way for us. And the valuation doesn't look too ridiculous. So uh, the forward PE is going to be at a 17. The five-year average is sitting at a 16.9. Uh, so I'm, I'm comfortable with this one. So I'm going to go ahead and give the nod to AutoZone. So from week 31 last year, we're going to look at AutoZone over some of the other names. Uh, Verizon and AT&T, if you didn't listen last time, uh, AT&T, man, that, that one has really done nothing for you for the past 30 years, even with dividends included. Uh, when you look back at uh, 1994, the stock price of uh, AT&T is pretty much flat. Uh, so this one I was talking about last week, how... Uh, a lot of people were saying if it went under 30, buy it, trade it, and uh, you know sell out of it if it went up to like 33. Uh, so I did that a little bit, but this one eventually uh, really just uh, ended up treading water to to really stay alive. They had a lot of debt. They sold off some business to pay that down, but the the company kept coming down. They cut the dividend. The dividend went back up to the same yield, but uh, if you were already there, you were losing money because they already cut the dividend and you were losing share price. So definitely look at what you're getting into before you had to go ahead and buy a name. Uh, I can't see a real strong argument for AT&T. I know that the, the price targets are much higher, but this one has done nothing for 30 years. So I really don't see a, uh, a whole lot of reason to really get into a name that hasn't done any return. And even with dividends reinvested, has lost you money over that time frame. So take a look at the track record. Uh, history doesn't always repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And I think that is going to be the case for AT&T. It's just not uh, something that I'm really looking to get into. Uh, their main business has been shrinking, a lot of cord cutting. Uh, I know the the you know cell business and the, the mobile business has been really what they've been leaning on, but uh, I don't really know that it is growing. So really take a look at what's going on out there and uh, how they're making money before you go ahead and jump into that one. But uh, I'm reaching a time cut here. I'm going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. All right. We are back here. So very quick break as uh, I've got a busy day. So we've got to uh, get right back into it here. So um, if you have not yet joined the group, please go ahead and do so. Uh, Let it grow investing on Facebook. Uh, please go ahead and uh, subscribe and definitely invite some others that are interested in investing or looking to get some more knowledge about uh, what to do with their money. Uh, bring them on over and, uh, you know, please go ahead and share the page with them as well. So uh, back to the podcast here. We've got ABBV for number one. We've got AutoZone AZO for number two. We're going to look at uh, Humana. So I'm looking at uh, Humana from a lot of the same reasons I was looking at United Health, right? Um, I definitely think that the, the insurance business is going to remain strong. I don't think that anyone is going to cut out their uh, their insurance provider. And um, really, these traded down on a lot of the news that they were going to be paying for a lot more people to have uh, a lot of these elective surgeries that uh, they kind of put off or surgeries, procedures that they put off during the pandemic uh, they didn't want to go and get treated for these things uh, during. It was too much of a, a hassle. So now they have higher costs for uh, a lot of these different uh, uh, customers of theirs. So uh, they said that. And then they also came out and said, hey, we beat earnings. Hey, we, uh, we're actually guiding higher for the year. And uh, that was, you know, really 
didn't get met, met with a lot of uh, hopium, right? There was uh, really just kind of traded sideways on that news. And I really didn't think that that made uh, too much sense here. So uh, Humana, they traded at a low on uh, July 13th at 423. We, we traded up a little bit since then, right? We're sitting at 455 right now. So it came up about $30. But the, the high from last November was 571. So we are still down near the bottom of that range. We are sitting at a PE of 18.4. I like that. Anything uh, in that teens range on a, a company like this really makes sense for me. Uh, so the dividend is a little bit low, three, ten, or three quarters of a uh, percent, so 0.77. Uh, analyst research, where are we here? When I go over to Reuters, we've got a uh, five-year return of about 43%. We've got... Uh, Price target appreciation, about 28% higher right here. So the uh, the mean from 21 different analysts is sitting higher than the current high of the past 52 weeks, which was, I believe, 571, I just said. And now this is sitting at 585. So even on the low end at 524, we've still got about uh, $70 of price target appreciation over the next 12 months. Uh, annual revenue for 23. Uh, I just said that uh, they thought it was going to the earnings were going to go down, but we've got uh, annual revenue increasing 11% for 23 and 20% by the end of 24. So that is definitely good. We've got uh, earnings per share guiding up over that same amount of time. So uh, that money that's coming in is making it to the bottom line. Dividend growth. I love this number 12%, uh, 12.5% of dividend growth over the past year. Dividend payout, super low on this one, 13.6%. Now, oftentimes you are going to see a lower dividend payout when the dividend itself is very low. And you could be thinking, uh, yeah, it's 12%, but 12% uh, of dividend growth, but I'm only getting three quarters of a percent in yield. But uh, yes, you have uh, price side appreciation and they are looking to pay you more in this dividend. So it is this low starting dividend. But uh, compared to something like AT&T, they are looking to pay you double digits more. The company is growing. The earnings are growing. And uh, I, I see a lot more upside for a company like this rather than tying your money to a failing dividend. So I definitely like when companies uh, look to pay you more. Uh, the payout ratio is low. You have a fairly valued PE and the earnings are going up. So I don't really see a reason to not like this one. Plus, it's at a discount on the trailing PE by 8%, and it's trading 19% lower on that forward PE. So I really think that these, these insurance companies make a lot of sense here. I know we looked at United Health a couple weeks ago. Uh, I really like that one there. I added it, uh, added it, it, I added it to my portfolio and uh, then looked to buy more as it started actually trading up. So I still like Humana here. Uh, I think it's got a lot of room to go up. And uh, we're buying it at a discount and, and things are looking solid for it. So I think it's getting a little bit underappreciated for what it is. And uh, hey, that's why I'm adding it to week 31 of the investing challenge. So Humana is going to be number three, H-U-M. Now, going forward, I still like oil. Uh, Chevron actually came out and said that they had a pretty solid quarter. Uh, so now, which one am I going to be looking at? Uh, I am looking at ExxonMobil, X-O-M. Uh, let's take a look here at what they've got going on. We've got uh, earnings coming out later this week. So we'll have to see what this one is doing. Uh, it is going to be coming out on the 28th. 
So currently we are sitting at a, a low PE of around seven times. We are seeing gas prices come back up. Uh, so that should definitely help their business as they can sell their product and, and make a little bit more money on it. We've got the dividend yield of around three and a half percent. We've got Trefis saying we've got about 10.8% uh, of price side appreciation on this. Uh, let's see what Reuters says. They've also got price side appreciation, but more. They've got 19.4%. Uh, that's across 21 different analysts. We've got um, revenues are trending down from 22, but that makes sense because prices really spiked up then. Uh, they will remain flat for 23 and 24 is what they are saying here. Their dividend growth is a lower 2.3% uh, growth over the past year, but their dividend payout ratio is low at 24.5%. Uh, We've got uh, trading at a 59% discount on their trailing PE. Uh, that's at seven times uh, multiple here. Their five-year average is a 17. Their forward PE, also a discount. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also a discount. They uh, historically trade around 18.8 times. The forward is actually sitting at 12.2. So that's a 35% discount. I think, again, with the uh, economy coming back online, rates start coming back down, people start building more, start traveling more, start using more fuel. I think that Exxon could be undervalued right now and start moving up from here. So we're getting a solid dividend. We're getting a decent entry point. We've got around 20% of upside. Uh, annual revenue is forecasted to be lower, but uh, I believe that that number is going to start coming back up. I've said that a, quite a few times here, and uh, we're getting a dividend aristocrat again that is going to pay us more to hold on to this name. So we started at three and a half percent, but I think that this one is going to trend up. We're going to get a little bit of dividend appreciation, meaning they're going to pay us a little bit more every year to hold on to this name. And uh, I think there's a good amount of upside here. So yes, are we going EV? Yeah, we are. Do we still need oil and the production of everything plastic? Are they still looking to get into solar? Are they still looking to get into a lot of the renewable energy? Yes, they are. Uh, they, they've got a lot of power in Washington. I don't think that they're going to just go by the wayside because oil's you know dinosaur fuel at this point. I, I think we've still got a, uh, a bright future for a lot of these energy companies and they will pivot. They will do other things to make more money. So again, uh, Exxon, I think they're undervalued. Uh, I think it's a, a stock for a bit of a rebound in the economy. I don't think we're going to hit that hard of a landing. I think it'll be a little bit of a softer landing than a lot of people have really forecasted. So stock number four for week 31, XOM, Exxon Mobil. Get over to Let It Grow Investing if that is a stock that you would be looking to buy uh, at this time, right? Uh, so uh, number, number five, what do I have here? Uh, I'm, I'm running into a bit of a, a little conundrum here. We've got, uh, man, we've got uh, a bank stock to look at and we've got a healthcare stock to look at. Let's, uh, let's take a look at both of them. How about we do that? We've got uh Humana. We wrote that one down. Let's, uh, write down Exxon Mobil and, uh, let's see what we've got here. We've got, uh, I wrote down two names. I wrote down Schwab. And I wrote down Pfizer. The, they have both trended down. Uh, we, we've looked at Pfizer before. I don't think anyone voted for that one a few weeks back. Oh, no, we bought that one in week 11. Um, Schwab, let's take a look at what Schwab's got to offer. Uh, 
well, real quick, while I'm on Pfizer, the PE is sitting at a 7.4. The, the dividend yield is about 4.4. Let's compare that with Schwab here. Schwab is sitting at 66.94. We are at a PE of 18, and the dividend is 1.5. Uh, so price analysis from Trefis is pretty flat for Schwab. Reuters has got it uh, as a buy, five-year return of about 20%. This one traded way down on a lot of banking problems. I went ahead and bought it. Uh, I think I'm up in that uh, short amount of time. I'm up over 20% on this name. Price target from Reuters is about 11.6% higher. They had solid earnings. They got it higher. More people are coming back to them for investing. A lot more money was being deposited than we previously thought. So I still like this business. Uh, you know, we had Goldman come out and say a lot of the investment banking was slowing. They really trended down on that. Uh, but Schwab said a kind of a different story that things were looking pretty solid for them. So, or, or much better than feared, at least. Uh, so the annual revenue is down about six and a half percent for 2023, uh, up more, uh, we're expected to completely recover by the end of 2024 and be up 5.4% from 22. So 23 is definitely a lull of a year for them. Dividend growth for Schwab. Wow. That is massive. 23.7% dividend growth for Schwab. So they are certainly looking to pay us more dividend payout low enough for me at 26.7%. So we are trading at a 12% discount to trailing, but a 4% premium to forward. So that is uh, interesting. Let's take, let's kind of compare that to what Pfizer is and, and remind you, they're both in completely different businesses. I'm still very much uh, thinking that the, the, a lot of the healthcare names make sense. However, we've already got Abby, we've got Humana. But, uh, you know, just for uh, comparison's sake, let's go ahead and look at this one. Trefis says there's about 50% of upside on Pfizer. Uh, what does Reuters say here? It's still barely in buy zone. 5.7 return over five years. That's nothing to write home about. We've got uh, price target appreciation from 22 different analysts on here for 23%. I think Schwab was 21. So 23 for Pfizer, 21 for Schwab. Uh, we've got, oh boy, that does not look good. Annual revenue on 20 for 23 down 32% and not recovering by 24, still down 32%. We've got uh, dividend growth on Pfizer, only two and a half percent dividend payout, 32%. So Schwab is growing much faster on that dividend. Pfizer is not recovering on their annual revenue. I'm sure on a lot of uh, COVID product. Uh, trading at a 50% discount on trailing PE and a 4% premium on forward. But uh, they do have a lot of people saying that they are going to recover. The price to sales is sitting at a, man, at a low for them at uh, 2.2 times. Their five-year average is a 3.8. You know what? I, I think I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Schwab. Uh, I think investment banking is going to come back a little bit quicker. Uh, I, I think a lot of the fact that the, a lot of the COVID product is slowed down and it's not really expected to recover. I don't like that. Uh, Schwab, they are certainly trading down on a lot of that banking scare, but I think that they are going to recover quicker. We've got uh, a lot of people saying that uh, investment banking is going to come back sooner. Uh, so I think the fact that uh, Schwab is growing their dividend much faster, 23% uh, gain year over year. I definitely like that.
They are trading at uh, a fairly valued teens PE. I think it was 16. I, I, I forget the number. It's not in front of me right at the second. Uh, so I am comfortable with that. Um, I'm going to give Schwab the nod. So uh, SCHW for number five for week 31. So the stocks that I just came up with with you guys, AbbVie, uh, ABBV, AutoZone, AZO, Humana, HUM, ExxonMobil, XOM, and Schwab, SCHW. That gives us a pharmaceutical in the name of AbbVie, uh, you know, automotive uh, repair in the name of AutoZone. Humana is going to be insurance, medical, uh, Exxon Oil, and Schwab banking. So I do like a lot of these businesses right here. You'll notice I did not pick any tech stocks. I am a little uncertain as to what some of these names are going to do after earnings. You can see that in the options market as well. You are definitely looking at some higher premiums right now on some names when you go ahead and look to buy uh, you know, calls for the future. You're getting a, a pretty large premium. Uh, could be a, a way to actually get into these names at a discount. Uh, one that a, a buddy uh, brought up to me was Expedia. Uh, so th this is kind of off tangent here, but uh, so go ahead and, and get over to Let It Grow Investing. Get your votes in for one of these five names. I want to throw it up right after I finish recording this and uh, go ahead and get over there. It will be live. But uh, back to Expedia, right? I will explain this a little bit here. Uh, Expedia is currently trading at 117.20. Now, if you were to buy the uh, calls that are to expire on July 28th, which is Friday, uh, you would get a premium of $1.49 per share uh, if you buy the calls that are for 118 strike price. So um, that is going to lower your entry point because you're going to get that $1.49 per share, which is about $149, which will lower your buy price from that $117, uh, $1.50 lower. So somewhere in that uh, $115.75 range. Uh, and then you would get that premium. And if it goes above $118, you would then sell for uh, a gain right there as well. But now when I when I fast forward out, he was looking at the October calls. Uh, these have actually traded down a little bit because uh, Expedia is down today. But say you wanted to buy these and uh, you were willing to sell your shares at $120 in October on the 20th. Uh, you would get uh, $770 of premium today <clears throat> by buying these shares at 117 and immediately entering them into a 120 strike price call. You would theoretically be buying these at 10950 uh, and then immediately looking to sell them at 120 in October if the share price gets above 120. So you would get uh you know, like I said, $770 of premium today. And you would also get the uh, the gain of then selling them at 120 in the future. So uh, a way to buy the shares, immediately have a predetermined exit price, and uh, ultimately, you know, lower your cost basis if it's a name that you want to get into long term. Uh, I, I like Expedia, but I don't know that I necessarily want to get into that here. But you can look at uh, different names if we if we do go ahead and pull up Tesla, uh, they are looking to continually grow, continually do new things. They are kind of risky, but uh, we're, we're trading at 261. If I look at options on Tesla for October, 
if we were to buy Tesla today at 261, 100 shares would be around $26,100. Uh, we would get a premium right in our pocket today of $25.20 per share, $2,500 uh, in premium. So we would be lowering our cost basis uh, by that much. So we'd be entering this one around 235 and it would be a predetermined exit price in October of 265. So we're we're lowering our cost basis. We're getting that premium. If you then want to uh, hold these shares, or if they if they don't go up to 265 by October, you hold onto the shares. You still hold onto the premium, but you wouldn't sell, right? Because the the strike price would not be met by October. So uh, a, a way to buy these shares at a discount if you really want to hold them long term, and then you can continually write covered calls against the shares as long as you have them. So. Uh, a way to get some premium, a way to get paid out on these shares by simply uh, entering immediately into a covered call position and uh, going to collect that premium every time you write a covered call strategy on these shares. So that is another option for you. That's another way to make a little bit more income. I hope that helped. I, it might be a little bit uh, tricky. I'm sure it would help to have a visual here as to what's going on. Uh, I'm sure there's some solid videos out there explaining covered calls with some uh, a little bit more knowledge behind them. But that's what I got for you guys today. This episode went a lot longer than I thought. Please uh, make sure that you subscribe, share, and uh, invite some other people over here. Make sure you get over to Let It Grow Investing to vote for one of these five names, AbV, AutoZone, Humana, Exxon, or Schwab. And uh, I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you very much for stopping by. And uh, Hopefully we have a great week of earnings uh, ahead here on some of these magnificent seven names that we are really counting on to keep our portfolios alive. Uh, that's all I got. Take care and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.